Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And uh, today's podcast, or in fact, I might do a couple of podcasts on this one. Um, I was reminded just recently about creating cash flow and I was chatting to people about wealth creation and some of the things I'd known or or read or um, been involved in over the years. And, and I remember the, reading uh, the Robert Kiyosaki's book, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad Men, um, and his book, I read that quite when I was quite quite a long time ago, probably I think it was the early 90s, I think that came out. And then I remember reading his Cashflow Quadrant book and where it talks about multiple streams of income. And then he talks about, obviously, um, four quadrants um, in that book and you need to be in you know, more than one quadrant otherwise you know you're working for the man pretty much and uh, a boss uh, doesn't make you rich if you've got a job the acronym for job is journey of the broke so um, so your boss won't make you rich and that's really sort of some of the premise of, of the book and I, rem- I do remember sitting there reading this book in the 90s and i can't remember exactly when it came out but i think it was sort of you know the mid 1990s or something like that um and the book was really about creating, you know, how do, how do you actually create wealth? And I remember sitting there a few times throwing the book across the room because I was getting frustrated because it was great. At, it's a really good book to read, and I'm not saying it's not, but it's a book that tells you a lot of what your problems are but not how to fix them. And that's really what frustrates me. I'm not one of those people that loves books that just keep telling you you've got problems but don't give you that ABC and how to fix it. So it's one thing to say that you need to, you know, have, um, interest in four different quadrants or at least two or three of those to create financial freedom but at the end of the day there's sort of no ABCs on how but one thing I picked up I went and grabbed the book out of the cupboard because it, I still got it and it's all sort of grey and uh, etc and dog-eared from having a look at that but there's one section in it and it's um, called the seven levels of investor and I thought might be a good idea just to create some podcasts of that um, because it is differences, the differences between people, and we see it in here all the time with people about how they invest or even how they go about becoming a trader because human psychology really is the difference between those who are successful and those who are not because we're all born with two eyes, two ears, one mouth, two legs, two arms, um, and for most of us we're born in the same country. Um, and you could have one person from a rich area who ends up broke and you could have somebody from a very, very poor area ends up very, very wealthy and uh, it's there's an old saying that your attitude, not your aptitude, determines your altitude. Um, and so I thought this was a really good sort of um, thing to discuss about those seven levels invested. And I'll just flick a few pages and basically he, he goes, oh, I'll look, I'll give you those seven anyway, and it says the seven levels of investor, level zero, which is those with nothing to invest, and um, this is on page 82, he said, these people have no money to invest, they either spend everything they make or spend more than they make, which is quite common actually. There are many rich people who, 
would fall into this category because they spend as much or more than they make. And unfortunately, this zero level is about where 50% of the adult population would be categorized. And I'd have to totally agree with uh, Mr. Kiyosaki here as we see this all the time. And it, I, I call it the hole in the pocket syndrome. And I've often said that people that... Uh, they have this big hole in their pocket. If cash starts to build up in their pocket, they've got to figure out where they can spend it because if you're building up money in your pocket, and I'm using the word pocket, but I really mean bank account. If you're building up money in your bank account and you don't know where to invest that or you don't have the knowledge or experience to invest that, you start seeing you know, one, two, three, four, five thousand dollars build up in their bank account. And it, and it stresses people out that they've got money in their bank account and they know they should be doing something with it, but they don't know what to do with it. So then they uh, buy a new lounge suite, go on a holiday, buy a new car and get rid of the problem. So the bank account goes back to zero again. Problem solved. So that's what the hole in the pocket um, syndrome that I call it. And most people don't have household budgets and it really is that one where you get a pay rise and you, you, your spending automatically goes up and I used to see in my office uh, before I started this company um, you know I used to see people all the time in my office um, and it is amazing how many people don't plan for the future and how many people live like these level zero people they live from paycheck to paycheck and I often say to people those people on a lower wage have a higher have a higher possibility of becoming wealthy than those on the higher wages because often the people on the higher wages then have to be seen to be in that bracket with the BMW or the you know the Mercedes Benz the the nice watches clothes blah 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 all you know nice houses all of those sorts of things and so they cost more money and so therefore what extra income they're earning over normal people is going out in paying back loans and funding as I said, all these purchases and holidays and everything else. If you, um, if you, I mean, if you only have to look at Mr. Buffett, who lives in the same house he's been living in for you know many, many, many decades, and still drives the same old car, and yet he's one of the wealthiest men on earth. And so, the, but there is a balance sometimes. I mean, obviously, if you've got challenges, it's nice to drive up to it in a BMW or a Mercedes. But at the end of the day, do you really need that? And those levels with nothing to invest, it's a choice of nothing to invest for most people because. I really haven't met a, a couple or an individual where I haven't been able to look at, at their financial situation and find out where they can free up money to invest. And it's very, very rare um, for that to occur or for not to occur. And most people I know I can find, you know, 10, 20 and, and even more than 30% in most cases. In most cases, it would be closer to 30% because a lot of people are spending money on things that they don't actually necessarily need. They're not essential. So if you're one of those level zero investors, you keep saying, I've got nothing to invest. I've got kids, the school you know, school fees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It really is just about sitting down and budgeting and working through that process to free up some capital that or your income. So there's two ways to get out of this sort of situation is increase your income and not your expenses, or keep your income where the same and reduce expenses, or do both, increase income and decrease expenses. And most people I know can actually decrease some of their expenses pretty quickly, by the way, um, especially with interest rates on credit cards and all sorts of other things. So level zero, those with nothing to invest. Now, if I just flip over the page, if you hear me there. Level two, he talks about, these are, he calls the savers. And these people put aside a small amount of money, usually on a regular basis. The money is in low risk, low return vehicles, such as uh, a money market checking account or basically a bank savings account or a term deposit um, um, 
if they have an individual retirement account or superannuation, they have it with a bank or in a basically a mutual fund, he calls them, or large managed fund. They often save to consume rather than to invest. They save for a new TV, car, vacation, um, and they believe in paying cash and they're afraid of credit and debt. Instead, they are like they like the security of the money in the bank. And and he says even in uh, shown in today's economic environment, saving savings give a negative return after inflation. If you're getting 1% from the bank and inflation is 2%, you're going backwards by 1%. And that's pretty much what the situation is here at the moment. So I meet a lot of those sorts of people. And actually, I used to, um, uh, an ex-father of a girlfriend of mine, his his old adage was, unless it's a t- in a tin in the ground and with the Commonwealth Bank, I don't want to know about it. And that's interesting and an old thinking. And, and it really is, you know, I uh, also had some clients in my office who were very, very happy to put, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars in a trend deposit with the Commonwealth Bank, but they weren't happy to buy the shares. And and I remember asking them one day, I said, well, what's the interest rate you're getting on your turn deposit? And they said, you know, 3%, whatever it was at the time. And I said, geez, you can get 6% if you buy the share. And it's tax paid at 30%, you know, it's fully frank. So if you're comfortable enough investing in the bank for your Savings accounts and your turn deposits. Why wouldn't you buy the bank? And that to me was a a really interesting situation to have. And they thought about it for a moment. They said, Well, yeah, if the bank's safe enough to hold your money, why would you invest in it? But these savers, in my experience, again, and I'd have to agree with Mr. Kiyosaki, who is they really do just save up money to spend, not to invest. Because again, it's about understanding what you're investing in. And a lot of these people will go, Okay, I need a new car, I need an allowance, I need to go on this overseas holiday, whatever it is, and they'll save up for that then they'll spend the money and they'll go back to being back to zero again. But, you know, what we know is that you will live into the future, but whether you'll live on a lifestyle or an existence is up to you and what you choose. Um, so that was level two. Level three, he calls the smart investors. Now, he actually breaks up smart investors into three, I think three categories. There are three A, three B, and if I flip the page, I think there's a three, there's a three C. He talks about three different levels of investing. And um, he said they, there are three main categories in this level. They are often smart people who are well-educated and often make substantial incomes. They do invest, yet there are differences. So I'm reading from page 86 of The Cash Flow Quadrant by Mr. Kiyosaki. And again, as I said, it's a really, really good book for people to read. Um, and as I said, I've read it myself many, many, many years ago. And he said... So these three people, so the level three A people, people in this level make up the I can't be bothered group. They have convinced themselves that they don't understand money and never will. They say things like, I'm just not good, very good at numbers. I never understand how investing works. I'm just too busy. There's too much paperwork. It's just too complicated. Investing is too risky. I prefer to leave the money decisions to the professionals. It's too much of a hassle. My wife or my husband handles investments for my family. And I, if I had a dollar for every one of those excuses that I've actually heard over the years, you know, I'd be uh, worth gazillions of dollars because I meet lots of these sorts of people that are educated people and middle class people, uh, people that have got reasonable incomes and are intelligent. But what they're doing is because they don't know where to start. And this is what I found is they don't know where to start. So they put out excuses like, well, I'm just not really good with the numbers. You know, I don't, I'm don't know how to do that, or I don't really understand investing. Well, we'll get good with the numbers, get good with understanding how investing works. I'm too busy is just an excuse. Most people use two excuses. One is I don't have time, and the other one is I don't have money. And both of those are excuses. And for my students, 
they've heard me say it a few times in seminars to our, our share trading students in our diploma courses. I've said time and money are the two biggest excuses you'll ever have, and an excuse is a lie covered with the skin of reason. Have a think about that for the moment. If you ever made excuses about why you're not at where you would like to be, are you actually making excuses? Are they actual conditions or are you just saying something to make you feel a little bit better? And that's really where you need to have a think about all that because, you know, just too busy doesn't cut it. Um, there's too much paperwork. No, there's not. It's just too complicated. No, it's not. Investing is easy. Investing is too risky. Not all investing is risky. Most investment is quite safe. I prefer to leave the money decisions to the professionals. That's why so many people right now are ringing up and getting self-managed super funds because they want more control. Um, and they're learning. I had an email only two days ago from somebody who says, you know, the reason I've dumped my broken house, I've dumped um, I manage funds, I've set up my own superannuation because I'm sick of t- leaving my money decisions to the professionals because they don't do that well with it. It's too much of a hassle. Well, it is if you think it is. You know, It's not really a hassle. Um, and my wife or husband handles investments for our family. Well, I think everybody needs to be involved in. But that's level 3A. Level 3B, and I'll do 3B and 3C and then we'll finish this webinar and then I'll do the rest on another webinar. Level 3B, this second category is the cynic and we get gazines of those. These people know all the reasons why an investment will not work. They are dangerous to have around. They often sound intelligent, speak with authority, are successful in their chosen field, but are really cowards under their intellectual exterior. They can tell you exactly how and why you will get swindled and with every investment known to man. When you ask for their opinion on a stock or other investment, you walk away feeling terrible, often afraid and doubtful. Their most commonly repeated words are, well, I've been taken before, they're not going to do that to me again. And they often drop names and say things like my broker at Merrill Lynch or whatever it is. Um, Met a lot of these people, a lot, a lot of skeptics and a lot of cynics. It's okay to be a bit skeptical because that's healthy, but cynical is uh, an investment killer and it's a wealth killer and it's a success killer. Um, because there's no need to be cynical. Uh, the reason, it, there's an old saying that when a man with money meets a man with the experience, the man with the money gets the experience, and the man with the experience gets the money. Um, and it really is about understanding what you know to do, making a solid plan and getting through, and getting to invest and under- learning about investing and getting through and doing it properly so that you're not going to get ripped off, that you're getting the returns you want, that you are under control. And again, that's not too hard to do. Um, The third type, uh, without reading too much more about B, um, to go to level 3C in the investing, it's the third category of this level is called the gambler. This group is also called pigs by the professional traders. That's interesting. But while the cynic is overly cautious, this group is not cautious enough. They look at the stock market or any other investment market about the same way they look at the Las Vegas craps tables. Just luck, throw the dice and pray. This group also has no set training rules or principles. They want to act like the big boys, so they fake it till they make it or lose it. The latter is most probable. They search for the secret to investing or the holy grail. They're always looking for new and exciting ways to invest. Instead of long-term diligence and study and understanding, they seek tips and shortcuts. They jump into commodities, IPOs, penny stocks. Um, I can add on to there. They get into binary options. What a load of rubbish they are. 
Um, they try and trade FX or options, CFDs, without any knowledge at all. These are the gamblers. And, and that may or may not be you um, as you're listening to this. You go, oh, yeah, I've done that, I've done that. Um, that would mean you're a gambler. But a lot of gamblers don't recognise that they're gamblers and they won't admit to being gamblers. And it's time to really take stock of that and say, am I really a gambler or what am I doing? But uh, these people, we get constantly get phone calls from these people. Can you teach me to do X? Or I've been doing this FX trading for this and blah. Mr. Kiyosaki goes on to say, these people are the worst investors the planet has ever known. They always try to hit a home run and they usually strike out. And when asked how they're doing, they always are about even or a little bit up. I've, again, I've heard those words a gazillion time. And in reality, when you start questioning them, they're not. So really, there's, there's those first three types of investors um, in terms of that we've got 3A, 3B and 3C. So that um, in the smart investor category, we had the savers and then we had those with nothing to invest. And in my next podcast, I'll go through the next the next few and we'll have a little bit of a chat about those. But hopefully this is sort of interesting to you, but we'll maybe talk a little bit about what you can do about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, you already know the secret to getting success and you know that you need to get educated and you need to know you put action behind something, not just, you can't just think up being wealthy and you can't just view money uh, like that. You need to create that strategy and, and that plan for your success. But anyway, um, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation.